Welcome to the Confidence and Communication Podcast. I'm your life coach, Jessica Dumas. I'm a professional speaker and coach who empowers women everywhere to use their voice to take up space and change the world. My goal is to help you speak with clarity and confidence while giving you practical guidance and tools by sharing real life experiences of overcoming. So turn up the volume and grab a pen. You're gonna wanna write this down. Hi, and welcome to the Confidence and Communication Podcast. I'm so excited to bring conversations of powerful women who are taking unique journeys to become more of who they wanna be and live in authenticity. And today I am very honored to invite Rosie Young to join me in this episode. She's a speaker, a coach, a podcaster for justice, equity, decolonization, and inclusion. She specializes in intersectionality, with diversity, Asian Canadian identity, and financial inclusion, which is so powerful. I'm so happy to have her here. And also, we're going to talk about Rosie's podcast called Changing Lenses, because I want you to check that out as well. I've also been a guest on her podcast. It's episode number 17. And so welcome, Rosie. I'm so happy that you're here. And before you jump in and we have our powerful conversation, I wanted to share that you really impressed me. You started your company and you've been doing the work that you've been doing since 2020. You've made an investment in coaching, which is how we met. And during that time, you posted one of your videos with your face. And that was a really big deal for you, but also for me as a coach. I just, I respect you, the work that you do. I think you're brilliant. I'm so happy that we're in touch and I'm so happy that you're a guest on my podcast today. So welcome. Jessica, how do I even follow that up? Oh my goodness. <laughs> Thank you. The, honestly, I, the honor is all mine. Like, I, I can't even believe that you would want me to be in your podcast. And I'm like, I, I don't have any confidence. I don't have any, but that's what we're going to talk about today is the whole story. So I, right. I've learned so much from you as my coach. It's because of you that I can even have the confidence to be here and talk about this. So thank you. I can't wait. I can't wait to thank have our chat. You. Thank you. So we have been messaging back and forth and both of us going through lots of growth because even as a coach, like I'm always doing the work, I'm happy that we're still able to stay connected as friends, but also through the speaking app Facebook page. Um, I try to keep speakers engaged and help you throughout your journey. One of the topics that you talk a lot about, or that I, that we have talked a lot about kind of privately is ditching people's expectations to be who you really want to be. And that's my message to everyone, right? How do you show up in a way that you want to show up and not for others? And so I love that you have decided that you're open to share that journey, because I know that's a really personal journey for everyone. But the work that you're doing as an Asian woman is so powerful. And before we started recording, you shared a few things of what's coming up for you for Asian women. And it's powerful. I'm inspired by the work that you're doing. So yeah. So tell us a little bit about your business and your podcast. Thanks, Jessica. Well, so I, before we do that, I I guess it sounds it does all sound great now. Like as you're telling it back to me, I'm like, wow, really? I I do that stuff. So th- thank you so much, Jessica. I will talk about that, but before I get into that, I just want to kind of acknowledge what you're saying too, because I'm a little embarrassed to think that you had asked me before to be on your 
podcast and to consider talking about my coaching journey or as a, as a coachee, talk about my journey with you. And there would be, I mean, you have been so impactful and helpful to me as a coach or fabulous coach. You really literally do give women or empower women to speak more confidently and communicate what they really care about. But I was afraid to do that. I was afraid. I initially said no because I didn't want people to know that I needed coaching or that's what I thought they would think. I didn't want people to think I didn't know what I was doing. I was trying to sell myself as a speaker um, in my business. And I thought, well, if people know that I had to go and find a speaking coach and then to tell about how I wasn't confident or I didn't feel like I knew what I was doing, that that would discredit me. And I feel like that's really this, a symptom, a common symptom, not so much on an individual level, like people will experience this in different ways, but just how the corporate world, um, the business world, Western business culture, which is a white supremacy culture, does that. So it makes people think that it's something that people might say, oh, no, we, we value women's voices. We, uh, people have the right and the freedom to speak up and say what they really think. But then there's all these sort of little things that come back and say, oh, but but don't say those words. Like it, it's uncomfortable for people to hear the words white supremacy culture. So maybe don't say that. Say it a different way or you can use this other euphemism. And so I think there's all these messages, conflicting messages that get sent back to say, well, we want to hear your voice, but only if you're saying things that are palatable and acceptable to us. And only until only now, maybe the start of a new year is the start of a new me. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, but only now when I was like, no, I don't want to do that anymore. I, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm taking the risks. I'm putting my my name, my income on the line, my face, um, like you mentioned. Why am I putting the same pressures on myself? as if I was still working for someone else and having to conform to them. And so that's why I'm so thankful you gave me a second chance. And now I can be like, okay, no, I'm not. I want to take a step of courage and I, I want to speak what I really think and not be afraid that people will hear me and be like, oh, she doesn't know what she's doing. She, mm -hmm. she comes off as this great speaker, but she's really, she's really not because she had to do all this work first to get there. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, that's why I'm really glad to be able to be here with you today. Yeah, no, I'm I'm so happy that you reached out again because there it was never a now or never situation, by the way. And thank you for sharing that. Like that's super powerful. And and even as a coach, I can totally relate to that because there's been coaches that I've worked with that we didn't always resonate. And so she had something that I wanted to which I made the investment to get it the way that I looked at any other education, any other education that I would have looked at. So it's interesting to compare how someone might look at a coach in that situation where it's like, I don't want people to know that I'm working with this coach because then they'll think that I'm not good enough to do that. But if you look at someone who is taking an accounting, my terminology is going to be terrible. Like an accounting <laughs> degree. Does that make sense? Yeah, people will understand what that means. Yeah. You're not doing it and thinking, well, I, I don't want people to know I'm working on this degree because then they'll think I don't know how to do accounting. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting how those perspectives, and you're right, it's it's sort of out there in the world. And I think one of the things that I love about the coaching industry is when I started in 2013, no one knew what the heck a life coach was. Mm -hmm. And people would ask me, what do you do? And I was, I immediately wanted to introduce myself as a life coach because this was something that I was passionate and excited about. And I wanted to be known as a life coach. And so I just thought, I don't know what the heck it is either, but I'm a life coach. It went from a lot of people asking, well, what is that? What do you do? 
And I knew I had a general idea of what I wanted to do. I didn't know how I was going to make money doing it. But where the coaching industry has come to today is like, I'm so happy that I started when I did, because it's still a bit of a journey. People are still getting used to the idea, getting used to making an investment in yourself personally. That's it's almost like it's not on the books. It's sort of on the side. Like coaching is on the side, but it's really powerful. That little bit of a rant to to share (laughs) how much I enjoyed working with you or enjoy to continue working with you. And I love seeing the transformation of women going from, you know, I need to be this person to, I want to be me. I don't want to keep trying to be this person that I'm not. I'm going to use a coach. Mm-hmm. I mean, I believe in coaching hundred percent. I believe in therapy too. There's, there's some stigma around both, like more stigma around therapy, mm-hmm. but everybody can benefit from it. It's not just for people who are broken It is for people who want to have some support and we don't naturally have support in our lives necessarily. So it's important. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's also where you inspired me to, to go on this journey where now I want to be a coach and I want to support other people. And I did not start my business thinking that. Mm-hmm. I was also, I mean, I was concerned about making money Mm -hmm. and I was listening to all the voices around me, especially in the diversity and inclusion space, the DNI space. It's a bit of a wild west right now. There's a lot of opinions about how to do it. What's the right way to do it? Most people are focused on working with the company side. So the employer side, because they're, and rightfully so, like they're the ones who do have to change to make a workplace more inclusive and welcoming for all people. What I was starting to see though, is that in the meantime, Uh, companies were not changing that quickly and the same broken system was still there. And people who were feeling oppressed, were feeling marginalized, were not feeling included. They're still having to navigate that same system. And there isn't a lot of support that I could see. Like I didn't experience that in my life and my career either to specifically help women, uh, women of color, women who are racialized to navigate a workplace where on the one hand, you're told to be more confident and stand up for yourself and get over your imposter syndrome or get over your lack of self-confidence, but no one teaches you how to do that. And then there's still all these, again, messages, subtle messages coming your way to say, you're still not really accepted. So now I'm kind of pivoting. I guess it's more adding, not really pivoting, but Mm -hmm. I don't want to try to fit anybody's business model anymore. I'm not just here to serve companies. I still do. I think there's a lot of messaging that needs to get out there. So I, I absolutely want to continue being a keynote speaker. I have lots to say. I do that on the podcast as well. So it's all, that's all for me, part of education. Um, But I also care about personal change and systems change. And those are my three pillars in my Mm -hmm. business. I want to do that also on the individual side and help people who are racialized and particularly help Asian women as well. Cause I, I am an Asian woman. I relate to that. Women of different races experience racism and discrimination differently. And I want to acknowledge that too. So I care about all women. I care about all people, but I also need to know what I know and what I don't know. And that's also a fine line of recognizing that you don't have to say, you know, everything it's, that's actually really bad, mm-hmm. but you know, some stuff. So it's okay to say, this is what I know. And that's where I'm going to focus and be narrow here, but I can also be broad and encompass a lot of things. And it's a brave new world right now. We don't have to fit anybody's models or definitions of how to do business anymore. Yeah. And I love that. And I love that you're seeing that from where you're doing your work as well. So one of my clients that I've worked with in the past year, she's an Asian woman. 
And she said that the identity that she's breaking down right now is she showed up as a 35 year old white man. She knew Mm -hmm. wherever I go, whatever I'm doing, I need to show up and behave like a 35 year old white man. And she's very successful. We laughed about it. It was hilarious, but it's so true. Mm -hmm. So what was that like in the corporate world for you? Can you relate to that? What comes to mind for you? 100% relate to that. And then I perpetuate that onto other women as well, where I think, well, I'm succeeding. Like I got promoted to manager and director and this other thing because I followed the same business norms. And it is important to recognize, I think, that business norms, when you look at who's at the top, the CEOs and the C-suite, they're primarily white men. That's how it's been for a long time. Yes, it's starting to change now, but the people who are at the top are the ones who set the rules. So if we're all following the rules to reach the top in the same way, then guess whose rules we're following? And therefore, we're all going to exhibit the same behavior because it's the behavior of the white men that gets you to the top. So it's mm-hmm. it's part of that system. It's, I don't believe at all it's anyone's negative intention, but it is part of that same system. And then I do that to my reports where I'm like, well, if you want to get promoted, this is what you got to do. Um, you got to present to people a certain way. You got to dress a certain way. You got to be perfect in all these ways. And you have to follow this way as if it's the only way to mm-hmm. do it. So that's, that's how these systems get um, supported and keep going generation after generation. Mm-hmm. What has happened with you over the last little while where you've decided to say, I don't really want to talk about my coaching and me working on me to saying, Hey, Jessica, let's have this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a really good question, Jessica. I think, I think it was just this buildup of little things again, where people said, well, be careful if you do that, or be careful if you say that, because you might lose a client or you might push people away. And it is tricky in Jedi work uh, where it is about equity and recognizing that everybody's on a different part of the journey. I absolutely see that. And I have compassion and empathy because I'm on a different, I'm learning too, right? As along with everybody else. But I think it just reached a point where just one too many things of, well, maybe you don't want to say it that way. There was a situation. <laughs> there was a a situation in one of my workshops where there's a white man, real really good guy. I have to, I always have to caveat this. There's a, a white man, but he's a really good guy. I really like him. <laughs> <laughs> and he, uh, you know, I know because I've been kind of colleagues with him that he he has taken programs. He's very committed to inclusion and diversity. But when I was talking about white supremacy culture in business and explaining, it's not calling a white person a, a supremacist. We're not trying to accuse anybody of being Hitler or something like that, but it is about the overall system and environment. And he said, well, yeah, so that's making me think that it's really about the the culture of white supremacy. So it's a white culture supremacy, not a white supremacy culture. And I can sell that to my bosses. Like I could say that to them. I could say white culture supremacy to my bosses who are also, of course, white men. They wouldn't be able to handle white supremacy culture. Um, and so, I'd, yeah, right. Uh, and I was like, okay, well, interesting. <laughs> and it, it's both. It's not this is also part of white supremacy cultures when you think it's either or. It's not either or. He's right that there is this, there's white culture and that's one thing. And it is a dominant culture because in North America or in Turtle Island, we live in a predominantly white culture. But it is also about the fact that white culture is held supreme. So it is about white supremacy as a culture, not a white man thinking that, not again, not Hitler's, but the, all the, the idealism and the ideas of this is what, 
this is the right way to do thing that has been held supreme. And I tried to explain that. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I hear you. But I think, I think we're basically saying the same thing. And I, again, I really just can't say white supremacy culture to my boss. This, mm-hmm. And I won't say anything more than that to identify him, but he, he works at one of our public institutions in Canada that has had very public problems um, in the last couple of years. And when I thought about it, I was like, this is the last organization that needs to find other ways to gloss over the very deeply rooted problems that exist in there. And rather than having conversations like, is it white culture supremacy or white supremacy culture? I would love for them to look inside and ask, well, what is making me feel that way? What is the emotions that's making me react so strongly to these words or those words? And I realized I was having those same things. Like when people said, well, yeah, maybe you shouldn't say white supremacy culture then. Maybe you should talk about EDI work as if it's um, not as if, but in the terms of mental health and having a better workplace and making life better for people, because that's what companies will get behind. And I'm like, yeah, I agree, but it, that's not what it is about me. It is about justice. It is about social justice. It is not just about how companies can find a business case and you know, bring in more Black people or Indigenous people so that their customers will like them better. That is the wrong reason to do it. Mm-hmm. And I just realized that if I'm working for myself, damn it, I can, I can do it for the reasons I want. I get to set right. my own company values. I don't believe that it should just be for business reasons. So why do yes. I feel like I have to, you know, say that that's what I believe in? I don't believe in that. Yeah. And yeah. And now I'm just like, you know, I'm, I'm already putting myself on the line. I'm already putting my livelihood on the line. If I'm going to do that, I'm going to do it the way I believe in for the reasons I believe in. And if ever that wasn't the case anymore. Fine. I'll go work for somebody else and follow the same old stuff that I was doing for 20 years, but I don't want to do that anymore. Right. Jessica, I find, I'm finding freedom in this. It's scary Yay. as heck. Yes. Freeing. Yes, it is scary. Good for you. Like I love when we started our call and you were talking about some exciting things that are coming up for you. I love that you're doing that because you're right. It's scary. It's scary to Talk about your own experience because it makes you vulnerable. You're opening up to potentially strangers in the world, right? Ultimately, it's scary to be bold, but being bold is what's needed to so that you can feel your own fire. You're like, yes, this is what I believe in. This is what I'm going for. To be controversial, like that's how you get attention. So <laughs> you true. do what you got to do. It's true. And don't, don't you feel like you can, you're more real when you can talk about stuff? Like there's, I don't even have to be that, well, may, I think men will think this is controversial, but this occurred to me lately and I'm finding other women who are feeling the same way. When we have our periods, when I worked in an office, uh, I went through all sorts of lengths to hide the fact that I was having my period. Mm-hmm. I would sneak off to the bath, well, I wouldn't sneak off, but I would go to the bathroom, but not with my purse because people would, would wear, and I would hide my pad, mm-hmm. right? In the, mm-hmm. in the, the band of my pants and mm-hmm. we wouldn't nobody would ever say oh i'm on my, how are you doing today oh i'm on my period imagine yeah. we could have that conversation yeah. at work like 50 mm-hmm. percent of the world menstruates right yes. so yeah why is it that i'm not saying i'm gonna talk about it at the lunch table all the time i just feel like it's one of those taboo subjects that i'm like oh we know what happens but no one ever talks about it that is part of that culture again that i just want to break down yeah where if it's, it's, if it's really happening, how are you feeling today? Oh, I feel like crap. I have my period. It's the first day. Yeah. It's the heaviest day. Men get over it. Like this, is, That's right. this happens all the time. And I, I don't want to hide anymore. Behind yeah. That. And if you have women in your life, they're going through it too. 
Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I love that because I feel like in the last several years, um, especially someone who puts myself out there all the time, sometimes for me, it's like, just be silly about it. Just make a fool out of yourself sometimes because you're making a point. And what I want to do is I want to talk about things that are a little taboo or absurd so that other women will know it's okay for them to talk about it. Right. So I'm always pushing myself and, Mm. and in many situations, having more bold conversations, like with my friends, with my family in different types of relationships, business, personal relationships, talking about things that five years ago, I would have never talked about, but now I'm like, yeah, I'm on my period today (laughs) and I feel like shit. And I'll talk to you in five days (laughs) if that's how I'm feeling. And, and I love that. I love that. That's where we are at now because I, I made a post, um, my grandma's birthday is December 26th. And so every year I make a post about my grandma and I talked about how in my life, I'm getting to do so many things that she never even dreamed of because that was not the world that she was in. Like my grandma and I never talked about her periods because it was in a conversation that she was comfortable with. Right. Mm -hmm. I love that we are in a place now where like women are talking about more things. And, and like I always say, using their voice to take up space, because what I feel, what I think, who I am, this is important. And I'm not going to hold myself back. I'm not going to keep myself small anymore to make other people comfortable. It's powerful. It's super powerful. And I love your, your phrase. I've heard you say it a couple of times about taking up space. That is a great, empowering concept, like even to visualize, because so often you're right. It doesn't even have to be physical. I think uh, women or uh, people who feel marginalized, we naturally shrink ourselves. We naturally like, oh, I could say this, but I don't know how people will take it. So I'll keep my mouth shut. And that is actually reducing our space in a room, like verbally or, Mm -hmm. or spiritually or emotionally, not just physically. So yeah, I think that taking up space is important. Yeah, absolutely. And I remember when I first heard that again a few years ago and it was something online and a lot of the coaches that I work with online like we have it's funny because we have almost like this secret network of coaches so I know like I follow probably 15 other coaches who are doing similar things that I do where we show up online we post very specific about our business and then there's like everybody else who's just there on Instagram (laughs) to post pictures of their dog and post so I love seeing that and one of the coaches that I worked with always referred to it as the online space and so at first I thought it sounded you know kind of weird the online space but now it's something that's just so natural to me And so when I think about taking up space, it's doing that, right? It's showing up, maybe it's on Zoom because we're back to Zoom probably. (laughs) (laughs) Sharing an opinion, sharing an idea that you, you might not always feel comfortable doing, but you're like, you know what? We have an hour in this meeting. I'm taking up five full minutes. I've never done that before. That's taking up space. And I love that. And I love how we get to choose what we want to follow. And sometimes like I'll go through my stories and I'll share some of my messages where I try to do a little bit of a training or something like that. I'll watch how many people watch it. I'm like, wow, like people are watching my stuff. Like, and and that's me taking up space. Like that's a really powerful thing digitally in all of the spaces, what you're sharing on your podcast, on your LinkedIn, all of that sort of stuff. That's taking up space. 
our world is digital. We're building a metaverse. Like it's a thing. (laughs) (laughs) It's a real thing. Yep. As, as Mark Zuckerberg knows. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. Talk about like laying out the path to where he wants us to go in the future. Holy smokes. Okay. So let's, let's talk a little bit more about the journey to authenticity, Mm -hmm. because I think that's, it's a huge transition and there's a lot that goes on inside internally because, um, it's scary. You're standing on new ground. You're figuring it out as you go. And I think sometimes people like they wait until they see the whole picture. They need to know exactly what the whole strategic plan is going to be. And, and then they, then they take the step. They don't jump in. So what has that been like for you going from, you know, being who you think that you need to be to being who you want to be like internally, what, what's, was going on for you? What did you have to Mm -hmm. overcome? I love the way you phrase that. It's really making me think, um, and calling it a journey to authenticity. I hope everyone out there listening is writing that down to journal about that after, because it absolutely is a journey for me. I don't think the journey is over either, but it has been, I guess, a 20 year journey, probably 40. I'm in my forties. So probably a 40 year journey of figuring out how to survive. First of all, because like my family is an immigrant family. It was the beginning was just all about how do we make a good living? How do we set up a secure future for ourselves? And so making certain choices around my career, like being a professional accountant, which I didn't love, but it was a safe thing to do. And it met the goals at the time. And then through working as a professional accountant and then an HR leader and a business person and a corporate person, I don't regret any of what I did, but it definitely wasn't what I think I was built to do. And the journey is about learn really deeply looking inside. This is going to sound kind of Zen-ish maybe. Um, and, and that's actually, you know what, I, as I say that, I think that's an important point. Corporate, from a corporate perspective, none of these things are important. Nobody thinks about feelings. Who has time for the fluffy stuff, evaluating what really makes you happy and how you were gifted, all the, the gifts that you have and the skills that you have and what makes you a whole person. It's all about getting the work done and it's about business, not personal, right? And so I think there's a lot to unlearn there as well. So I share this as something that not just I went through, but that I hope everyone listening, especially women, especially racialized people who aren't necessarily at the same starting point, you don't necessarily have that same opportunity because that's, that's a privilege. It's a privilege to be able to get coaching, to guide you through that, to, to think of exercises and questions to ask mm-hmm. that would make you be aware of who you are, who you want to be, what makes you happy, where you're not in a good space. That's really also important to know and some practices to do. Um, I recently went through a coaching program called positive intelligence, which was actually doing exercises for your brain. Like you would exercise your body to help develop the neural pathways to be able to pull yourself out of some of the negative thinking that we're all ingrained with. Cause that's, that's how the world works. Um, and that's how our brains naturally work. So it's not our fault, but I, I was never aware of any of these things. Right. So it is something that I don't, think you can just instantly go into. It takes time. So I think it's also about giving yourself patience um, and recognizing that you have to know yourself over time. And work connect, work is just a part of that. It had becomes our identity because that's where we spend most of our time with our coworkers, not even with our families. Um, and so it feels much more important than it 
really should be. It's just one aspect. And then having, yeah, coaches like you and, and programs and in a way, the catalyst of being fired at the beginning of 2020, not my fault. The organization laid off a whole bunch of people because they were restructuring things and moving, moving the organization. That was a good catalyst for me to ask myself that hard question. What do I want to do with the rest of my life? Because I'm only mid-career. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it really, yeah, it really made me evaluate. I think that, it, that exercise of reflection and knowing yourself and having people around you, a good support group. It was a hard lesson for me that as I evolved and as I guess as I became more authentic or I recognized who I really was, the friends that I had when I was, I guess, a different person or not quite the same, they didn't all come with me on the journey. And that was that was really, really hard, especially in the middle of COVID where we're all separated anyway. And at Mm -hmm. a time when I was really low and I needed unconditional support, Mm -hmm. Uh, I didn't have that from some of the people who I expected it from that I thought would always be there. And I've now gained new friends and new support that I never expected to gain. And it's sort of, it's a bit of a rebuilding. It felt like a tearing down and a rebuilding, Mm -hmm. a rebirth Mm -hmm. to like a, like the butterfly coming out of the the cocoon or yeah, whatever that thing is called that the butterfly comes out of. Um, But yeah, it's like, oh, I didn't, I didn't think it would be like this. So maybe a little bit like a newborn baby where you're just ah, this world sucks. Like, what is this? I've never been in here before. Maybe where I was before wasn't great, but at least it was comfortable. I knew what it was. Mm -hmm. I don't know what this thing is anymore. But as I keep taking step after step, it's like, okay, this is getting more and more comfortable, more and more interesting. Mm -hmm. I like this world. I like who I am in this world. I see a lot more possibilities. I see that this will be better than what I'm leaving behind, but I Mm got to leave it behind or else I won't be able to really be present in this Mm -hmm. new world. Oh, I love that. I love how you said breaking down and rebuilding and not everyone is going to go with you because that that's also a really hard part of an authentic journey. It's, it's like a coming out, like, absolutely. I just want to throw in here because I always forget to do this. If you're listening right now and you love this message as much as I do leave a review like do the five-star thing, leave a review, yes. take a screenshot and take us on your Instagram. Yeah. Really powerful. Not everyone is going to go with you on that journey. And that was something that I learned really early in my journey. And it's something that I try to share with other people, but the clients that I work with and, and just in some of my messages that I share, because that's a powerful lesson. And sometimes that's enough for someone to say, I'm not leaving my safe spot. I'm staying here and sometimes sacrificing what I really want to do in life or who I really want to be. So as we start to wrap up, because these amazing messages always have to come to an end, what, what type of advice would you give to someone who knows that they need to take a step? They want clarity in what it is that they want to do and clarity in what they don't want to do. So what kind of advice would you say to her? What another excellent question, Jessica. Okay, this is going to sound like a total plug, but it's honest. First, I think we need to do that introspection that I spoke about, but it's really hard to do that on our own, especially if we're so buried in it. Like, you know how like a fish doesn't know that it's wet because it's in water. Sometimes you need to go outside the pond. So if someone to say, hey, you're a fish and you're wet. Mm-hmm. And so finding a, a mentor, a friend, um, somebody who will understand your situation Jessica, you were that for me when I came to you as my coach. And I have to tell you that I intentionally sought out a coach who wasn't white because I've been surrounded by 
messages that they weren't necessarily bad. Like, I don't want this to sound like I'm anti-white people. I'm really not. (laughs) I I know I like highly respect and care for and love people in my life who've given a lot to me and they're my friends. At the same time, there is uh, a woman, one of those I would describe a good, great person, someone I care about. She's my friend. She's a coach. And when I tried to tell her that I think there's a difference between being a racialized woman coach versus a white woman coach, she's like, well, if you're a professional coach, it shouldn't make any difference because you're supposed to leave yourself out of it and just be there for the client. And as a professional, you're trained how to be more objective, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah. And the very fact that you're saying that shows how you don't understand why it's important (laughs) to -hmm. have someone who can relate to your situation. So Mm -hmm. just knowing that you had your own journey and your own story, which I didn't know at the beginning, Jessica, but that I don't have to explain this stuff to you, right? Mm -hmm. Like you, you understand why it's important. So having someone that you can look up to, all the more reason why we need more women of color in all the different roles, all the different places where we need to be um, so we can support each other. Um, And I think also just deciding for yourself, what is important to you? Where are you not willing to back down? Where's your line? I drew my line when I said, no, it's about justice. It is about making things better for human beings because it's the right thing to do because we all deserve love and acceptance and dignity. It's not because we want to make more money. And once I drew the line, I was able to sort of compare to that, say, okay, is this crossing my line or is this on the right side of my line? Um, And that helps, I think, with the deciding, making decisions about what you will accept and what you won't accept for yourself. Amazing. And thank you so much for that compliment. Um, And you're also not the first client to share that with me. So (laughs) I'm okay with that. And I know, again, right, taking up space is so important. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much to our listeners. I want to say, listen to the Changing Lenses podcast and sign up for her newsletter because Rosie, you have a really great newsletter. And I don't know if it's once a month or how I can't remember how random it is. Okay, here's my authenticity. It comes out whenever I can get it out. So I would like to do it more than once a month, but so far it's once a month. And it's really good. And so follow Rosie Young. You can follow her on LinkedIn and her Instagram is at R-O-S-I-E-Y-E-U-N-G underscore J-E-D-I. This was a good conversation. <laughs> yes, it is. We could keep going. We could Thank keep you, going. Jessica. Thank, Thank you so much you, for Rosie. having me on and for all of your openness and love and care too. I always feel it. Thank you. You're so welcome. Thanks for listening, everyone. See you next time. Thank you so much for listening. Miigwech, egose, merci. Please don't leave without hearing me tell you that you are worthy and your time is worthy, which is why I'm so happy you chose to listen to this podcast. If there was something in this message that resonated with you, please take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram story and tag me at jessicadumas01 because if you found this helpful, your friends and your cousins will want to know about it. Until next time, decide you are worthy of what you want and go get it.